This is the Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. 
Let's uh, offer a few comments about what's going on here in this scripture today. Although uh, no one knows exactly what this temple looked like that we'll be reading about, it must have been beautiful. While gazing at this glorious and massive structure, the disciples found Jesus' words about its destruction difficult to believe. But the temple was indeed destroyed only 40 years later when the Romans sacked Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the very place where the prophet Zechariah had predicted that the Messiah would stand when he came to establish his kingdom. Jesus' reply emphasized the events that would take place before the end of the age. He pointed out that his disciples should be less concerned with knowing the exact date and more concerned with being prepared, living God's way consistently so that no matter when Jesus came, they would be ready. There are many false prophets even today. They're all around the place, and they have counterfeit signs of spiritual power and authority. The only sure way to keep from being deceived is to focus on Christ and His words. Don't look for special signs, and don't spend time looking at other people. Just look at Christ. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 5th, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings, but he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth. They will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out on the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, Unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. 
Then, if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders, so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or, look, he is hiding here, don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes, just as a gathering of vultures show there is a carcass nearby. So these signs indicate that the end is near. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11. The cedars of Lebanon that we'll be reading about here today were giant trees that could grow to 120 feet in height and 30 feet in circumference. A voice that could split the cedars of Lebanon would be a truly powerful voice. Of course, the voice of God. All that was impressive to people was under God's complete control. Now, throughout history, God has revealed His power through mighty miracles over nature, such as the great flood in Genesis. He promises to continue to reveal His power. Paul urged us to understand how great God's power is over in the book of Ephesians. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to help us with our daily problems. When you feel weak and limited, don't despair. Remember that God can give you strength, His strength. The same power that controls creation and raises the dead is available to you. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11, a Psalm of David. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for His glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In His temple, everyone shouts, Glory! The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6-23 through 23. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight, in the evening, as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed in sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfill my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. 
My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life.
Scripture reading begins in verse 1 of John chapter 15. Jesus is speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Dr. Stanley says, When I became a believer, someone patted me on the shoulder and said, Do the best you can which is neither biblical nor helpful advice. A while later, I was discipled by some faithful saints who taught me the truth about believers. A believer is identified as a child of God. 
Through prayer, we have access to our Heavenly Father at any time, and we can expect that He will be faithful to every one of His promises. What's more, by God's grace, we're no longer classified as sinners, a term describing those who've not received Jesus Christ as Savior. We've been transformed into saints, holy persons saved by grace and set apart for God's purposes. Sin and temptation will continue to be realities for us as long as we're on earth, but our transgressions are forgiven, and our new identity cannot change. A believer is positioned in Christ. God's Spirit dwells in us so we can live righteously, as Jesus did. Today's passage uses a grapevine metaphor to describe this relationship. It tells us the Lord is the vine and we are the branches connected to Him and drawing on His power. A believer's mission is to show Christ to the world. Our vine is to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as we read in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. When our character and conduct reflect these aspects of Jesus' nature, we help others see the beauty of a relationship with the Lord. The truth about believers is that we don't have to do the best we can. God works through His children to accomplish His purposes.
The Lored Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this next leadership principle is that of listening, and it's taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 5. A wise man will hear and increase his learning. What are we going to learn today? Well, we're going to learn the importance of listening and hearing. You know, there's a difference between listening and hearing, but it's something that uh, I had to learn the first 40 years of my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> People always told me you should be listening, <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> I think I'm learning that the last 40 years of my life. <laughs> but it's a critical, it's really a critical lesson in, in developing. This is so powerful, and it's taken from the Lored Business Principle. Listening. The word listen means to make an effort to hear or pay attention, to give heed or take advice. The proverb says, a wise man will hear, meaning that if we are wise, we will be a good listener. The reason that wise men listen is because they want to become wiser by listening. Good listeners are seeking to learn more. Wisdom is not an inherited gift. Rather, it is earned by listening and learning, then by observing and understanding. A good listener has these traits, huh, John? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, I, I was just thinking when you were reading the principle here, uh, it is earned by listening and learning. Uh, wisdom, sometimes we always talk about, you know, people should be wiser and things like that, but uh, you don't become wise unless you set a goal to become wise. And you won't listen unless you want to become wise. Uh because uh, we are we are creatures of defense. I mean, we we operate primarily on defense uh-huh. in life. Saying like somebody gives us an argument or some kind, we immediately respond in defending ourselves rather than to listen, uh, listening. Because because we, that's how we're made. We're we're defensive oriented, and uh, listening means that you allow something to come to you because you, you'll only do that if you want to become wise. And it, if if you don't want to become wise. You will become a defensive person. You will always be defensive. So watch the people who are defensive usually are not do, are not wise. And uh, I was defensive for many 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 years, and I'm still defensive on some things. I mean, I can defend myself, but the thing is, is I'm more ready to listen now because yes. I want to become wiser. Yes, an open-minded person has to listen. That's right. Yeah. If you don't listen, that will close your mind. That's right. But you can gauge people as far as where they're going. Uh, by that. A good listener will usually have these four character traits. Number one, they are disciplined listeners and talkers. Yes, not only listeners, they're, they're disciplined talkers because you can't talk and listen at the same time. So it, it's both ways. Number two, they are seekers of truth. They want to know what is right, not who is right. That is absolutely true. We could, we could solve most of the world's problems if we wouldn't care who's right, if we just cared about what was right. And then we'd solve the problems. Number three, they love quiet time. And that's a time with no radio, no TV, no reading or interruptions. They like to have time to review what is inside them. They are thinkers. Young people normally don't 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 like this here. I mean, they, they just do not like quiet time. I uh-huh. mean, they, young people generally like noise, booming something, booming somewhere, everything. Everything is based upon activity and uh, surrounding happenings, you know, because when they get quiet in a dark place, they get scared. because they, they, don't, they don't even know what it is to be quiet because radio, TV, and everything's blasting all the time. And uh, you'd be surprised what you learn. If, if you just shut it off, then you discover what's in you. 
You discover it because something talks inside of you then. Wow. <laughs> You'll find out what's in it. Wow, that's a still small voice. Yeah, and, and, and that's important. That is a really important one. Total quiet time. I mean, I for weeks, months sometimes, I, I don't even listen to radio or nothing. I, no tapes or nothing. I, I want to I wanna just hear what's in me. Mm. I, you saw that uh, statue of Lincoln where he sits there with his head down and yes. propped up and he's a thinker. Yes. The older I get, the more I see what that was about. He was a thinker. He was listening. Yeah, that's what that statue is. Mm. The fourth trait is this. They are full of questions. They don't want to misunderstand or to be misunderstood. That's right. They won't be embarrassed to ask a dumb question for clarity because they want to become wise so they become good listeners. Jesus was always aware of being misunderstood. That's why he said, He who has an ear, let him hear. He meant, don't just hear my words. That means to comprehend and understand the idea. I'm trying to get you to see the concept of what I'm trying to say. All good teachers try to communicate certain concepts, but they don't always use the right words. John, I'm going to stop right there because so often we hear about, you know, f- focusing right on the word of God. But you, you've always said that it's the concepts that Jesus was saying, not just the individual word. That's right. Sometimes we make a, we, we use what you call power word and we use for leverage, we use a word like Clinton did, is, you know, yes, uh-huh. and, and, and we make, we even use the Bible that way. That's not what the Bible was intended to be. The Bible was intended to bring forth truth, which comes in concepts and precepts, and which creates environment, and which creates a concept of something. And then out of that concept, then you form your life and uh, through principles and stuff like that. So it, it's it's a little different than just uh, right words. Right words are important. I mean, I believe that, especially when you get into the legal, legal sure, things. Sure, sure. But uh, but words can mean so many different things and can be interpreted so many different ways. Yes, totally. Uh, whole cultures are built upon a word. Yeah, and Jesus, that's why Jesus said so many times, that he that has an ear, let him hear. He already said things. He already was teaching, and they heard. Then after that, he said, he that has an ear, let him hear. So he, 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 he brought that, uh, confronted with that. That's why good listeners will probe by asking questions. If we are not disciplined listeners... We won't get the point. Sometimes we think that people around us hear what we are saying only to find out later that they thought we meant something else. That is just oh, so that's true. that's so true, yeah. I mean, I mean, even in business, you know, in business, you hear that a lot say, well, I thought you meant this, see, or I thought, I thought this is what you wanted. And that was just because it was not clearly, clearly spoken or maybe it wasn't spoken at all, but somebody read into something that was not true and then they thought, and that causes confusion. Clarity comes by being a good listener. No matter how, how good a teacher is, it, you, you need to probe and ask questions and stuff like that. So, so you get a clear understanding of what is meant. Without that, you, you create a confusion. Listening is not enough. We must hear. Listening is not hearing until we fully understand what the other party is trying to convey to us. Television only communicates in part, for it only works one way. Telephones are a better system of communication, for we hear and respond. But fax machines, on the other hand, are perfect in communication. The receiving machine receives exactly what the sending machine transmitted. That is really the truth. That is truth, but read the next uh, couple lines here, and then you'll find out how we're different than fax machines. (laughs) But we are not like fax machines. 
We measure and judge the words of others by our own perceptions and emotions. That's our state of being. We hear the words, then form our own perceptions based on what we think and what we thought we heard. Then we interpret it with our feelings from our past experiences. Everything we hear goes through a process of our hurts and disappointments, and we judge them accordingly. That is so true, John. Oh, that, that if, if a person gets nothing out of this lesson besides that, that's worthwhile. That, that, that's all, that some people never find that out in life, and, and they go through their total life and never discover that, because what they do is they just hear, uh, you know, hear people and say, like, and they never, never translate, never understand that what they're saying, people are teachers, what, what they're saying goes into the ears of the people, and then they pre- perceive something, but it's perceived based upon their, their, uh, their, experiences in life, their hurts and their things that they went through. So you can have an audience of 100 people and you can teach something. That's why when you ask 10 different people what they heard, they'll give you a different interpretation of yes. what they heard. Well, he was talking about me. He was aiming at me yes. based upon what he said. And it was not even true. So, But we will judge everything we hear based upon what we've been hurt or how, how we've been treated or or what our emotions are and where our feelings are. And so all that has to come into play. That's why it's very critical that we become good listeners or we'll, we'll be part of that uh, program. Now, here's the key. That's what we call reading into it. Someone will take something we said, and they will then say we were talking about them when it was not even on our mind. That's really true. I, I, w- I walked by one per- person one time in, in, uh, in church and uh, didn't shake hands with him. And... Uh, and so they felt like uh, I didn't like them. So uh-huh. you walk right by me. I didn't even notice the person, uh-huh. you know. But their feelings and their hurts, they were looking for me to stop and shake hands with them. And so so they read into s- happenings. And that was not even words. That was just uh, yes. an action. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we ha- but we got to take that in consideration because sure. people are different and they have been hurt and they sure. they are lonely creatures and so we got to take all that in consideration. That's why we have to bring our thoughts into captivity. That's right. And yeah. cast down imaginations. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be successful in building businesses and personal relationships, we will need to take an initiative to listen until we know where other people's are and what they need. Discovering needs is the first step in helping others. We will learn their needs if we listen. Wise men become wise by listening, and they will keep on listening because they see the value in it. Do yes. you consider yourself a good listener, John? I do now. I do now. I, I didn't years ago because a lot of times, and, and this is true probably with most people, especially defensive people, you know, while you were trying to say what you wanted to say, I was already preparing what I was going to tell you. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> I oh, think that we've so all true. been there. And... uh so, so in an when you get into an argument, you're not even listening to what the person's saying. You are preparing to to, to com- continue on what you were saying. You know what you were trying to push. And uh, oh my! But but that's just the way life is. And that you, you, we won't grow and understand people and without a good listening heart, a, a heart that says, "I want to understand." First of all, we have to want to become wise. If we don't want to become wise. We will not put forth the effort in listening. The last paragraph says this. A good way to make sure we understand someone is to ask him, is this what you're trying to tell me? Or is this what you mean? Don't be too proud to ask for clarity. It's time well spent, 
and will avoid a lot of hurts and confusion. Oh, yes. I remember I was at a meeting one time, and and a person was talking about something, and they opened it for a question, and I asked a question. I wanted to know. It was a dumb question. I should have got it, you know. And so so, so somebody afterwards said, that was a real dumb question to ask. I said, oh, I wanted to know. I didn't know. I wanted to know. So we have to... We we can't uh, we can't be too proud if we want to know something. We can't be too proud to ask sometimes stupid questions, <laughs> because you huh. if you want to become wise, you you just gotta you just gotta do it. Oh. Then you will become wise, and later on, the people that laughed at you for their questions will say, "Hey, that's a wise man." The leadership principle of listening. John, would you give us a recap on how we can apply this to our lives? Uh, definitely, because any good leader must and will take the time to listen. They must. It's not an option because listening is uh, uh, the best part of learning because you can't learn without listening. Without learning, we become stagnant or obsolete and uh, we live in the in the past. So it has to. We have to listen because... Listening is the best part of learning. You know, you have to do that. As a leader, we must have an open ear. We must take the time to listen. We have, must take the time to observe uh, and take the time to ask questions. It's all a part of listening. And we must get in the discussion because in the discussion we become listeners too. Not just a one-way street, not just putting out. We have to receive in the discussion. Uh, so you must take the time Uh, uh, sometimes you have to stop your world and listen to someone else's world and then you'll learn through that listening it's a must
Hi, my name is Jacob Daniel McDougall. I live on the west side of Columbus. I was raised in South Florida, West Palm Beach, Martin County, and Port St. Lucie. I started drugs when I was about 12 years old, all the way up to the time I was 25. I'm about to turn 26 in April. I came into this program a broken man. I've have I never knew much of God. This is the first time of me finding Jesus. I always knew who God was, but I never knew Jesus. Never knew what God could do for me. This program has completely changed my life. I put off the new man and put on the new man. I've got a sense of security now, a peace in my heart that I've never been able to feel before. I've seen it in people all my life growing up, seen how they can just be so happy and go through work and not think about what they're going to do after work or how they're going to do this or get that and it's just such a great life to have now i've got a i've got brothers and real friends for the first time in my life i don't have to lie or put on a face or act hard anymore i'm able to be the real me and i'm actually healthy spiritually and physically i put on weight i've i've been able to focus on learning about Jesus very as much as possible I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way this is just the best best decision I've ever made I wish some of my family that aren't here anymore could see me now which I, I know they do from heaven because I've I've been a screw up for so long it's great to actually be able to stand with my chest out and walk with integrity I've made mistakes but it's time to fix them it's time to pay back those who I owe. It's time to just continue to walk in the new man and to put on the armor of God every day. That does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.